I'm just here so I won't get fined. Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! It's got to be one of the dumbest calls offensively in Super Bowl history. Are you kidding me? Donnie Manny of Balls.E, how goes it? Adrian, how you doing, man? It's been a few weeks. Oh, God, it's been ages. I've missed you. i missed you. You know how I enjoy this, uh, enjoy this lot. Yeah, but usually as a listener, though. Yeah, normally as a listener, yeah. No, I think that's kind of the key to my enjoyment of it. I'm not going to lie to you, but I am uh, pleased and delighted to be here for it. As I said, Stewie Burn is keeping an eye on that uh, action in Warsaw. Six minutes gone, still leggy and nil done dock nil. Andy Lee has uh, hung around to chat a little bit about the uh, US sports lot here. It's fairly uh, overtone of Olympics here, Donnie, this evening. Well, just like um, I think here in Ireland, we're still in the sort of maybe a hangover state after all the mad events of the last two weeks, the past fortnight. Uh, the American sports landscape is still reeling from a very uh, eventful, successful, but surreal yeah. time in Rio. What is success, Donnie? We were having this conversation last night in the show. Uh, 121 medals. Really? Is success. Right, 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 right. Which would, I mean, I can presume to uh, project what you think about uh, Ireland's performance. If that's if that represents success, we're a little bit short of that. Look, we all we can all measure success in different ways. I'm just yeah. telling you how Americans tend yeah, to do yeah. it. So. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. Talk to us about uh, one of those uh, success stories mm. across the board. A success story. Ryan Lochte has give us a cliff notes of this for anybody who's sort of been peripherally following it. Yeah. Okay. Ryan Lochte has brought shame upon him, uh, the entire nation of America, basically, is the long and the short of it. Um, I, I was walking around the streets of Dublin last week, thinking, looking at the headlines about Pat Hickey and thinking, wow, isn't it amazing in Ireland that one person could bring shame upon a, an entire country? Alleged shame, yeah. Alleged shame, of course. But, I mean, this is, the newspapers were claiming shame. And then I realized, in the hours that would follow, this is last Thursday, Friday, that this man, this swimmer, this three-time Olympian... Ryan Lochte, arguably the dumbest American in America, had done the exact same thing. He had brought shame upon a nation of 300 million. Yeah. The, the cliff notes, Adrian. Tell us what he did. The day of the, the swimming ended, two Sundays ago, uh, Ryan Lochte and three other swimmers went to a little party uh, with some other swimmers, had a good time. Around 6 a.m. they got uh, in a taxi cab. Nothing unusual about any of this so far. We've all been there. Um and then things get screwy. Let's just say that Lochte wakes up the next day, tells his mother that he was robbed at gunpoint. Lochte then runs into a journalist, tells the same thing to an NBC journalist. And this ends up on TV. Lochte tells the world that at a Brazilian uh, petrol station that night, the previous night, he had been held by held at gunpoint by people pretending to be police officers. Mm. None of which turned out to be the case. Well, here's Lo- let's hear just Lochte on the Copacabana Beach explaining his version of events. This is the day, this is last, uh, last Sunday. Uh, I was with a couple swimmers. Uh, we were coming back from the train's house and we got pulled over in our taxi and these guys came out with a badge, a police badge. No lights, no nothing, just a police badge. 
They pulled us over. Uh, they pulled out their guns. They told the other swimmers to get down on the ground. They got down on the ground. I refused. I was like, we didn't do anything wrong. So I'm not getting down on the ground. And then the guy pulled out his gun. He cocked it, put it to my forehead, and said, get down. And I was like, I put my hands up. I was like, whatever. He took our money. He took my wallet. And then... But he left your cell phone. He left your credential. He left my cell phone. He left my credential. But he took my wallet. And he took all the guys in his pet. That was tough to listen to for a couple of different reasons. Um, so... So, it turns out, as the story becomes a global sensation, here is one of the most recognizable faces in America in the Olympics getting robbed at gunpoint, summing up all of these stories, these horror stories we hear about this crime-riddled city of Rio de Janeiro. The Brazilian police look into it, and as it turns out, Lochte's versions of events wasn't exactly precise. Rather... yeah. What he had done, him and his buddies, they'd wandered into a toilet at the same petrol station, kicked a door in, destroyed a soap dispenser, urinated against a wall. Security guards saw this, did pull out a gun, and asked them for some money to... uh, To repair the damage. To to pay for the the damage they had done. Now, it it takes about four or five days to go from Lochte on the beach to the the whole truth coming out this is maybe last Friday Saturday mm-hmm. but like it was just a a bizarre thing Lochte jumps on a plane the day after the story first breaks and gets out of Brazil leaving his three buddies there left to deal with it when they go to fly home to America they get pulled off their plane by Brazilian cops so and, and the so do we know that it was him who caused the damage in it, the there's well we don't know what happens inside they disappear of, around the corner in the but, CCTV footage but, yeah According to testimony or the v- a version of events provided by one of the, the four, the other swimmers who was on, with, with them in the in the bathroom, all of this vandalism and damage was all being driven by Lochte, who's the senior guy in the, in the group. He's, he's 32. He's 32. Yeah. He's not some sort of dumb 21-year-old kid. Yeah, but so. the whole thing has led Americans to sort of look at themselves in the mirror. Really? Yeah. Why? It, because this kind of behavior is the worst kind of, of American behaviour. You know what, we got a text in earlier on, Andy, and you've lived there for years, right? We got a text in making that exact point and I thought that is just a really dumb text. You can't uh, paint an entire nation with this thing on the basis of one idiot, right? But, uh, but I mean, that's the perception that people reach for. What, generalising Americans? Yeah, that, I mean, <laughs> these people are, you know, they're all as likely to go into a, you know, a petrol station and, and trash the place, which uh, of course they're not. I think if you look at uh, Ryan Lochte, he's, like the epitome of a bro, isn't he? He's a frat boy. He's a bro. Like yeah. if you look up bro in the dictionary, it's going to be a photo of him. But uh, I really enjoyed your your retelling of the events there. It was like an American crime TV series, <laughs> like the lead-in. <laughs> so uh, what's going to happen yeah. next? <laughs> Seven a.m. Lucky <laughs> wakes up. Yeah. <laughs> but America, Americans have been obsessed with this. Johnny Five on text. Uh, Lochte is everything everyone hates about America overprivileged and a sense of entitlement yeah this feeling that like he, if you listen to, to what he's saying in that in that kind of uh, that sort of bad audio from the beach he's basically saying you know th- these guys produced a gun they tried to rob us he just thought he could say whatever he wanted and he could just completely fabricate the truth and he would get away with it there was no fear of that, that you know that somebody might try to, to tell him otherwise or that the police in Brazil might try to answer or hold him accountable. He mm. just was like, I can do whatever I want. I'm a white American guy 
and and I'm gonna I'll just make up this entire story and I'll stick to it. Uh, Lochte, though, I mean, his version of events has been completely destroyed. And as you have to do in America, you then have to go public and do a big teary, teary gross apology. Mia culpa. Yeah. Here's uh, here's Lochte with Matt Lauer on TV on Saturday on NBC. When you saw the news coverage of Gunner and Jack being taken off that plane at the airport, and you knew, and you've just said to me, they didn't damage anything yeah. in that gas station. And, it, and you're sitting at home in the United States, safe and sound. How did it make you feel? Hurt. I mean, I... I let my team down. And, you know... I wanted to be there, like, I don't want them to think that I left um, and left them dry, because, I mean, they were my teammates, I wanted to definitely be there. And I wanted to help out any way I could. And so I just wanted to make sure that they were home safe before I came out and talked. Oh, do us a favor, like, that is such nonsense, isn't it? Like, I mean, the you, you, can, you can sense the... Uh, how disingenuous he's been. It's great, though. It's like Steppers or Zoolanders. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. So in the last 24 hours, he's been dropped by four sponsors, including Speedo. Yeah. So, I mean... How does that work with... So, but maybe he's not swimming for America anymore, but aren't Speedo tied in with the US team? Yeah. But, maybe I mean, he's 32. He's 32. Yeah. Like, he, he's facing severe sanction from the USOC. Um, Here, I saw one reporter on Sports Illustrated saying that there was a possibility at one point that he was, he could be stripped of his four by two hundred medal. Yeah, uh, I think I think they were they wanted to seem like they were going to come down as hard as they could on this guy. I don't know I what mean, sort of he, he's become, sequence of events results in uh, that. I don't know. He's be, he's become a total pariah though. It, it's is is he is he the Bradley Cooper character from the Wedding Crashers? You know the guys <laughs> that wears the moccasins and the you know the pink shirt and the he's goes to the Hamptons for the weekend. He's one of the dumbest people. If you watch these interviews back with him. He's one of the dumbest people you could ever mm. come across. He tried to trademark. He had a catchphrase, "Jah." It was his sort of like expression, "Jah," J E A H. It was when something good happens, he'd be like, "Jah." So this is the, this is the kind of I understand where you're going, John. I think it's yeah. it's a bit blown out of a posh now, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, see, you know, if you, if, he was trying to get yeah. away with something. He's probably telling so many, you know, half truths like all of for every day, yeah. impressing girls yeah. and just wanting yep. to impress people. Like in his story, and he's. Like ton of events and his story, the way he told it, he ended up kind of sound, coming out coming out of it sounded very good. Like, yeah, they put a gun to me and I was like, whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah. You know I, told them, <laughs> I told them. I told the Brazilians. <laughs> it's pretty good. They, I told that nation. I just got caught in a lie. Like, who hasn't been That's caught a lie? Yeah. But you're not doing it on like national. Yeah. Or, international TV. Also, why didn't he just front up and pay like a soap dispenser, a door, yeah. and something else? It'll be grand. It'll be like a couple of hundred quid. And, and he he was also very very unlucky. His mother he told this lie to his mother, which I mean the, the lesson here is never lie to your mother. Yeah, oh no, that's, yeah. that's a good life lesson right there. But his mother was on a bus with a journalist, and uh, the, they just got talking. Oh. Probably the worst person you know? to tell because she's going to tell everybody, you know, <laughs> isn't she? Like, they love you. So you got the mom corroborating it. Yeah. Then the story there's confusion. He runs into a journalist anyway, you know. But the beautiful thing is in America. Lochte will be offered tons of uh, TV work and reality shows to sort of mm. this redemption na- uh, narrative will now... Oh, yeah. Hasn't he now. already done a reality show? Wasn't there yeah, a reality, there was a reality show? Yeah, there was some sort of a Lochte... Mm. Ryan Lochte do... 
where it was I saw this I saw him explain this on Letterman yeah. over eight minutes and at the end of the eight minutes I was absolutely none the wiser about what the uh, TV show was actually about yeah it's worth checking out on YouTube I, I was actually going to I know you know Air Olympians obviously aren't you know hugely funded but what's it like for the Americans and I presume a lot of it is endorsements and sponsorships that really a lot pays of them, the bills there's, there's a, we did a piece with um, a guy who wrote a thing about Michael Phelps the most winningest mm-hmm. Olympian of all time and he was making the point that uh, Phelps is one of only a handful of Olympians who will actually never have to work again. Yeah. So even in a US context, these it, are not sort of life, you know, lifelong um, funding pots. No, and especially for these other three swimmers who were sort of like dragged into this, like their reputations are always going to be linked to this Lochte affair. All they did was get in a taxi with him and, and they let him sort of steer the way. Lochte, though, is one of them. Like there's the Phelps tier and then Lochte is the second tier like he had a very good Olympics in in London he won medals this year so um, you know he's he was already well known and now he's he's kind of gotten to the stratosphere uh, Mike and Kerry says Ryan Lochte's at the end of his career no way Speedo and the other sponsors would have pulled the plug if this was a few years back and that's a fair point and swimmers always more immature because of the nature of training in isolation in the pool I'm not, I don't know I don't know I, don't know, I, don't, I actually I, think there's something to that really yeah in my high school now look, it's only one high school, but this, we had a very we had an elite swim team. But these guys were like this sort of band of brothers, and all, they used to live this really weird life where they had to wake up at, in the morning to train. So they'd be going to training at five in the morning, and they just didn't really mix with anybody else. I I think that chlorine. Oh, Dundalk have gone one up, Stewie Byrne. Oh my word! <laughs> Stephen I, Kenny is on the sideline. He's absolutely delighted. Robbie Benson is Robbie after Benson. scoring an absolute worldy. Yeah, well, and this is remarkable. He's left footed. It's a delivery from the right hand oh. side, uh, deep deep to the back. I don't know who it was who got the header. It might have been Chris Shields, but he's he's put it on a play for Benson, who's arrived late. Now we're talking he's not about even going crazy just in, yeah, <laughs> just inside <laughs> cool. the eighteen yard box. Delivery comes in. Cushioned header back to the, the late run of Benson. Wow. I'd say he's probably about oh, 16 yards and he's caught yeah. it with his what right foot. Goal. Corner. Oh, you should have done the goal. Oh my <laughs> God. Andy, I think you guys had a good, a good yeah. lash. Yeah. This is a guy who's uh, the scorer of great goals. He wow. scored well, a pretty, this pretty is goal. This guy who Patrick. is completely left footed, by the way. And I know he took his, you know, he, he, his left foot is a strong <laughs> side and I love the way he celebrated. They know, they know what they need to do. No real over celebration. Straight back to the halfway line. Let's go again. And we spoke about this, Adrian, as well beforehand. You know, this is the what time where now? they need to settle down because, in fairness, they've been probably taken a little bit of pressure without sort of um, any leg. Um, creating any sort of chances but um, yeah it came on absolutely that is an incredible goal he had that one on one when uh, Dundalk were 2 and up against Bate in the return leg and he executed it brilliantly that day as well with his left foot albeit with his right foot was it his right foot so if you know Robbie he's um, he's pretty much you know very much uh, left footed but obviously he knew his right as he's just proven in the last two Champions League rounds goalkeeper stuck and he nearly hit the roof when he jumped the newest Dundalk fan <laughs> Never seen him play before, but what a goal! Uh, we are going to keep it. Was that you? Kind of touching it there, but in terms of the general trend of the game, and it's Dundalk again on the uh, push here. I did see Leggy have a couple of opportunities, half opportunities at the other end. Yeah, it's been quite lively in fairness. I mean, there's a real pace to the game. I have to say, the, you know, been watching the crowd. They've been jumping up and down uh, doing that. I don't know what what name they give it. That that particular celebration when the the fans all jump together. What's it called? Went there back to the yeah, they've been, they've been hopping up and down. And there's been a real pace of the game, but they've given as much as they've gotten. I have to say, you know, and it's been a, it's been a difficult first twenty minutes for them. But my lord, what a what a finish, what a strike!
It is game on, as they say, so we'll keep an eye on that uh, with Shui Byrne here in studio. Donny Mahoney is still here and Andy Lee as well. I'd like to hit the end of the swimmer's story. Yeah, wrap it up first, Donny. Well, look, it's too much chlorine isn't good for the brain. <laughs> that's, that's basically it. Uh, Gary O'Toole is one of the most mature, um, well-communicated per- uh, people that I've ever met and has been from a very young age. I'm just saying okay. there might be a couple of holes in that theory, Donny. That's all I'm saying. Me and Gary will debate that someday on, on this <laughs> station, I hope. Uh, what else have you got for us in terms of US sport? We had well, a couple of interesting stories. Yeah, it was interesting. Like, I mean, the Olympics have ended um, for... And it, it was America's best Olympics in boxing in a number of years. It's Athens. Yes, yeah, yeah. Athens. And, like, you know, there was a real crisis post-London for American boxing, no medals. Um, there hasn't been a gold in American males bo- male boxing since Andre Ward in 04 in, in Athens, right? Mm. Or, sorry, in, uh, in Athens. So, yeah. so, Billy Walsh, obviously, high profile, higher here, completely unknown in America. Um, and he brought three medals. To, so, he... There was a, a silver for Shakur Stevenson. He he was fighting in, in Mike Conlon's uh, division. There he would have. He was sort of on course. For, he had the the Nicotin Conlon yeah, winner. So, he, so he he got a sort of a, a buy into the final. And, and he but the Cuban was classic. Lost, the Cuban yeah. who beat him was a Split real decision. You, actually, I was going to ask you to do what this, but I know the answer yeah. to it. Ooh, Sleggy uh, come very close to an equalizer there. You uh, you checked out of the Olympic boxing after the Conlon fight? Yeah, no, I. Not consciously, I just never had the will to go back and watch another fight. You know, I had been streaming a lot of the fights, um, but after that, I just turned it mm. off. And following on Twitter, I was justifiable. Like there was every second or third fight, you were here, and this guy got robbed, this mm. guy got ripped off, and I just lost my appetite for the Olympics this year after that decision yeah. I, I decided that as well after the Conor fight and then obviously went and watched yeah. everything else yeah. I could get my hands on <laughs> after that uh, Clarissa Shields I think was Billy Walsh's first uh, coached Olympic gold gold yeah she mm. she won gold in uh, in London and then uh, she she won gold again she also uh, won the Hearts of America with a uh, emotional interview after she uh, won gold oh, I wanted to let me know that I'm not just a great female boxer but I'm one of the great boxers that ever live I'm the first American to be a two-time Olympic gold medalist. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> okay, two-time gold medalist. What's next for you? I don't know. I don't know what's next. I don't know. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Ah! Congratulations. He's a, he's a good man when it comes to uh, Olympic boxing, it turns out. He looks after the Americans. Um, yeah, I, was Clarissa Shields the boxer that Billy Walsh had a bit of a falling out with at one point early on? You're looking at me as if I don't really have any idea. Was it her, yeah? Well, uh, intro, I have a little insight in this because a friend of mine, Carl O'Grady, former boxer, actually was um, planning on making a documentary about Billy Walsh's time in America. He was over there early when Billy went over. Um, Unfortunately, he didn't get funding. But I actually saw the treatment that he made, and a lot of it. She was actually interviewed, and, and they weren't. They were clashing heads. Mm. There was there was issues about like the the approach, and she was saying, "This mm-hmm. is this the way I've done it." This is the way I've She'd been done successful, it. Yeah, yeah. And why should she change? Um, but you could see Billy was trying to introduce a more professional, you know, a more professional approach, and um, you know, different strategies. These like I know the boxing in America. These guys are rarely meet they train in Colorado and um, they rarely meet regularly to train as a team where our lads would be together all year round they like so coming together under national it's, it's a lot, and per, a lot of different personalities mixing together and yeah. uh, there's definitely a culture clash with Billy Watts and I'm sure it took him time to, to you know implement those things those things that he wanted to get in there 
He talked um, about it as a uh, five-year plan, and you know, I, I I don't know how USA Boxing can see it as anything other than a success because it's, it's a great where they success, were, you know? yeah. And like Beijing, I don't think they medaled at all, None. and uh, not to have a bronze, a silver, and a gold, and just um, we like she's from Flint, Michigan, which is an extremely tough place, and it, it's great to see her, you know, do so well on on the world stage. Yeah, very good. Um, the Simone Boyles, I really wanted to talk about. I don't know if we've much mm. uh, much time left in this. If you have one more topic, Donnie, what have you got? Well, if you give me one more topic, I just got to give a shout out to the American men's basketball team who yes. won their third gold medal in a row. The biggest procession and of many yeah. uh, at the Olympics. But you see, we don't often get the chance to compete against the world in our own sports, you know. So, American football, nobody plays it. Baseball, okay, it's played in other countries, but not to the same level. So, Americans get very excited about beating up these kind of lesser at countries. Their game, yeah. at, uh, at their own game, yeah. At their own game. Especially with our elite NBA guys. So, you know, i got to say, like, the it was, a, it was a slog. The American team didn't really uh, overachieve during the Olympics but on Sunday night they uh, they beat Serbia pretty handily and it was great it was our third in a row I mean like when you go back to it was I think it was 04 in Athens we lost to uh, we lost to Argentina in, in, the, in the semifinals and it was it was a dark moment for American basketball but um, mm. we've rebuilt and, and you know we're proud it's our game when you're explaining you're losing uh, Donny is my <laughs> approach to that I have to say it's just been a wanted, uh, well, I just wonder you know when you said success early in America mm. how many medals is total 121 and what does the, how does that relate to population of America well, you got 300 million there. So, <laughs> so Ireland haven't just closed to play. <laughs> you know. It's all relative, Andy. Yeah, yeah. And also in a sport where they moved the three-point line a little bit closer to the hoop than it would be in uh, NBA. Um, yeah, okay. But I mean, those, look, uh, there's still no contest who's the best in basketball. I mean, <laughs> you can put the three-point line wherever you want. You can put it. <laughs> why did they the move it? I don't know why they move it. I don't know if anybody's got to... I presume to increase scoring and make yeah. it... Maybe make more Americans watch it. One thing they do that's really annoying in America, just to say this: the ratings were terrible. They were down seventy percent on NBC for NBC. They do this thing called the tape delaying um, the big events. So, like, you're what you're what you have to wait sort of two or three hours to watch an event on TV after they happen, just so they can, so NBC can show them in prime time. Mm. While you can look online and watch all this stuff through clips or tweets or whatever. You're you're under the yoke of the of the national broadcaster with these mm. things, and it's it's a very NBC got a lot of criticism. Yeah, a lot of it. Mm. I mean, it's a, it's a, like an, an old school sort of way to broadcasting, and and it is one good thing about being uh, one of the many good things about being in Ireland is that we do they you know we don't bash our national broadcaster. No, but we <laughs> we show the events you know when they're happening. Yeah, we we don't it's, we don't think of it as uh, a TV experience or an entertainment experience, you know. Put it out there live. Yeah. Well, having sat beside uh, Kevin Caban and bashed the BBC last night, I don't want to uh, get another thump in the head for from the man to my right here. Donnie, thanks a million for uh, all that US sports stuff. Good to have you back. Uh, we are going to take a break, but before we do that, uh, Street Burn, coming up on about a half an hour gone in Warsaw, it's still Dundalk, one up. We mentioned a pretty enormous chance, a brilliant save uh, by Rogers. Yeah, pretty much came from uh, Lusek. The left foot found himself probably about 20 yards out on the diag and looked to swerve on the outside of the left foot into the far corner. And Gary really had to be on his toes because it kind of, you know, was very much unexpected. Certainly did that, just pushed it over the bar. But they've, they've responded well to the dog. I mean, they, they, look, they are sustaining pressures, no doubt. Allegri have certainly stepped up a couple of gears. They're moving the ball quite quickly. They're, they're pushing men forward and they're looking to probe all the time. But in terms of actual genuine chances, there hasn't been that many. Um, 
and that's pretty much the way it's going to be it's going to have to be like that I mean I don't think it's going to be the case that after the first goal we're, we're going to see Dundalk look, trying to dominate the game they're going to have to try now and frustrate Legia yeah. for as much as is possible um, and like we, we spoke about beforehand if they can keep it like this for until maybe 70-75 minutes then they can look to get that second goal but yeah. try and, and, and at best bring it into extra time and on the break here as we speak it was Robbie Benson with that Dundalk goal after 19 minutes so half an hour gone Leggy Warsaw nil Dundalk 1 and it's Leggy who lead 2-1 over the two legs Johnny, thanks for coming in Andy Lee thanks a lot as always I'm not presenting next Tuesday so I can't make any guarantees about whether we're going to be making a call again to have you in but uh, always a pleasure thanks so many for coming thanks in for having me we're going to be talking to Olympic silver medalist Annalise Murphy after these don't hold back Text News Talk on 53106.